Time to Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. We're glad to have you on board with us tonight. It's April 29th, 2021, and we are looking forward to a fabulous time. Get your Bible, pen, piece of paper as we dig into tonight's teaching. God equips his warriors with battle strategies or blueprints and mighty weapons, and that's our equipment. God never sends his warriors out of the battlefield without the proper equipping, the proper equipment. So we are equipped with, number one, battle strategies, blueprints. Number two, we are equipped with mighty, powerful, supernatural weapons. And that's how the Lord equips us. So let's look into that. We're going to dive right in right now. If we look at the world, the United States, Russia, China, the major nations and the major countries that dominate the international scene today, U.S., Russia, China, we can see that these are the major armies, and they have the best, the newest equipment. And the equipment that they are equipped with is killing equipment, guns and bullets and weaponry. But at the same time, they are equipped with uniforms and helmets and things that save lives. So the equipment they are given is supposed to save their lives. It is supposed to give them the edge on the battlefield. It is supposed to help them win the battle and be the victors and not the victims, the winners and not the losers. So the equipment that the U.S., Russia, China, and the major nations of the world equips their soldiers with, their combat soldiers with, is to preserve and protect their lives. Why? Dead people don't count. <laughs> A soldier is dead. He's of no use. Bury him. And so it is with God. God's soldiers are dead. You're dead spiritually dead on the battlefield, you don't count. You have no use to the Lord. Yes, you're going to go to heaven, but you have no use to God. God wants some useful people in his army. And this is why we're teaching what we're teaching. And God has given us a strategy, a blueprint, Bible Code 7. And God wants you to wield the sword of the Spirit, as we'll see in a little while. He wants you to be useful in spiritual warfare. And when we are... On the battlefield, we are made to understand by the word of God that the word he gives us is the equipment with which he equips us. The word of God is called the sword of the spirit, Mm -hmm. among other things. So we are going to see that God calls it the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And you don't peel oranges with a sword and cut bananas with a sword. You kill with a sword. You defend and you go on the offensive with a sword. And this is what we use in spiritual warfare, the sword of the spirit. The Bible talks about God and says God is a man of war. He is a tactician. He is a master strategist. And he gives his people easy parts. That's correct. God calls his soldiers his disciples, and he gives them the easy part. 
that easy part is to obey and to do what? To do. Have faith in obeying and doing it, doing what he tells you. And then when you obey and you do what God tells you, he does the heavy lifting. He does the heavy duty, spiritual parts. And he never fails at doing that. But guess what? God is dependent upon hearing his word given back to him. God is dependent upon you obeying him and doing what he instructs you to do. When he, he sees the obedience, he will bring about his manifestation. Now let's go into a warfare strategy. The equipment again is to believe and obey. And when he told Joshua, Joshua, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go into warfare. I am going to equip you. I'm going to give you a strategy. Listen to my strategy. Obey and do what I tell you. And when you do your part, I will do my part guaranteed. Let's pick up tonight and see the strategy that God gives, the blueprint, and let's see the equipment that God equips us with. Joshua 6 and verse 3. You shall compass the city in circle. Go round, surround the city. All you men of war, go round about the city one time. Thus shall you do for six days. So for six days, go around once per day. Verse 4, seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. Did you get that? Not six priests, not eight, not ten, not five. Seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. Why seven? Well, that's the code right there. God says seven, and he responds to code seven. The seventh day. Well, what's wrong with the sixth day, Lord? Why do we have to do it the sixth day? Why can't we do it five days? Why can't we do it six days? Uh, you got to do it the way he instructs you. And this is his instruction. The seventh day you shall circle and surround the city Seven times. Whoa. That's heavy. Circle the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. That was the instruction. That was the strategy. And that not only was the strategy, that was the equipping. God says, I'm equipping you, and when, I, when you have done your part in accordance to with my instructions, when you have obeyed, then I will respond to your obedience. Did you get that? God will respond to your obedience. When you go around seven times on the seventh day, you shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpet, the people shall shout, and when they shout, don't worry, I will do my part. And God did not instruct Joshua and say, this is what I'm going to do. He didn't necessarily tell him, then if you do this, then I'm going to. No, 
You just do your part. Then after he did his part, then God did the rest. He took the wall down flat. Didn't topple over sideways. It came down like an elevator. Uh-huh. So we got to understand that God is the same today as he was yesterday. And God says it's not by your might, it's not by man's power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. So God is looking for your obedience and my obedience in obeying him. And when we obey him, when we utilize strategy given to us by him, then he will respond and do his part. So we cannot profess, we cannot say, we cannot complain that we have not been equipped by God to fight the battles that we are confronted with. No, we have a Bible here. And you can go through your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, Genesis 1, Revelation 22. You can see strategies all throughout the Bible where God has equipped his people with strategy and with equipment. We must understand that when we begin to utilize the strategies that God has given, he will respond with his supernatural power. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. So let's go down a little deeper. What mighty and super weapons are we equipped with? What mighty weapons? Let's get a little deeper understanding of that. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Let's go there and let's check out the weapons that God has given us. It says, Second Corinthians 10.1, Paul says, I urge you by the gentleness and the graciousness of Christ. I who am meek, humble, so they say, when with you face to face, but bold and outspoken and fearless towards you when I am absent. I ask that when I do come, I will not be driven to the boldness that I intend to show towards those few who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh, like men without the spirit. So Paul was here qualifying and quantifying himself and say, listen, when I'm face to face with you, I am humble before you. But when I'm not with you, I am bold. In other words, my interaction with you is one of humility, one of kindness and gentleness. But when I'm not with you and I see something that needs to be done, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to do and teach and touch things that need to be touched and deal with things that need to be dealt with. So I'm not going to walk here and tell you certain things uh, as if to say we don't have the spirit. No, I'm not timid in dealing with certain situations. It goes on in verse 3, it says, Though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we're not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. That's not how it works. So even though we are human beings encased in a human flesh body, we don't war with sticks and stones, guns and bullets, and swords, physical swords, and chop up and all that kind of stuff and stab each other. No, this is a spiritual warfare. And we are using the weapons, not of man, but the weapons of our warfare. See that word? Weapons of our warfare. Weapons that we war with. They're not physical weapons of flesh and blood. 
Our weapons are what? Divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Our weapons are what? Mighty weapons. This is what God has given us. God has given us mighty weapons through him to destroy fortresses, strongholds, any kind of thing that would stand up against God, anything that would lift up itself and to resist the power and the authority of the Lord. And he goes on to say, we are destroying the sophisticated arguments and all the bluster and the braggadocio and the bluster like Pharaoh, send me a man, and the boastfulness. We are going to destroy it. And we're going to destroy every exalted or lifted up high and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Man, that says a mouthful. Did you understand that? All the apostles say is that through this weapon, through this equipping, through this strategy that God has given us, through the equipment he has given us his word, our weapons, our mighty weapons, divinely powerful weapons to destroy fortresses, doctrines, ideas, stubbornness, resistance, sophisticated arguments, every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So when you look and you see some tyrant leaders, presidents and prime ministers and kings and billionaires and movie stars and things, they get up and they begin to say proud things, blasphemous things. You understand that they're going to come down. They must come down. And even in the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist. He will open his mouth to blaspheme God. And he'll talk evil about the dignitaries of heaven. And God says he'll be given a little time. You know, he'll talk certain stuff, but he's given a time. And when that time is over, he will be destroyed. So we have got to understand that nothing happens instantly unless God deems it to happen instantly. And God will do the instantaneous destruction. But we, through this weapon, mighty weapons, true that are used through God, we are destroying sophisticated arguments, speeches, words, high and lifted up proud things that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Whoa, you mean what a man thinks? Uh-huh, his intentions, yes. We're going to take it captive to the obedience of Christ. We are ready not only to, do, to take it captive, but we are ready to punish every act of disobedience when after our own obedience as a church is complete. So once we are righteous and we are clear and standing uh, holy and righteous before God, once we have <clears throat> been endued with the power before God, then we can go forth and do what he wants us to do. We can truly become his battle axe and weapon of war. This is what we're training you to do. Code 7, Bible Code 7, teaching you to become a battle axe and weapon of warfare. So you understand 
the strategy, the battle strategy of Bible Code 7, and not only the battle strategy of Bible Code 7, but you understand the equipment that you have been equipped with and how to use that equipment. So, God stipulates very, very carefully, clearly, that these mighty weapons are able to control imaginations and thoughts. <laughs> what are these mighty weapons? These mighty weapons are the Word of God. And when you begin to declare, thus saith the Lord, and you begin to release the Word of God, God says that Word that you release, through the release of that Word, those mighty weapons, my words that you speak in your mouth, it will control the imaginations, the thoughts, the speech, the actions, the intentions, and the behavior of men. It will control all that of kings, princes, presidents, prime ministers, and even wicked billionaires. Do you understand that? Hmm? God says no one is exempt. God says you are my battle axe and weapon of war. So when I give you a word and you begin to release it, leave the rest to me. I love the, when God spoke to Jeremiah and he said, Jeremiah, don't say you're a boy. Don't say you're a boy. I'm just a youth. I'm just a child. I can't speak. God said, don't say that. Well, God, you know, that's the truth. I'm less than 13 years old. When, you, when, a, when a young man was 13 years old, he was considered to be a young man then. So he was younger than 13. So he's saying, I'm just a child. I can't speak. God said, don't say you're a child. God rebuked him. Stop saying that. So God began to use a young boy, a young man. No, 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 beg your pardon. Not a young man. He was a young boy. Young man is 13 and up. Young boy below 13. Says, I'm a child. God said, don't say you're a child. He rebuked him. Then he put his hands and touched his mouth. And he says, look, I have put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. I put mighty weapons in your mouth. And through my words in your mouth, you now have the power, the authority, root up, pull down, throw down, and destroy four works of destruction. Then now you can what? Build and plant. Through what? My words in your mouth. So God equipped Jeremiah when he was a boy with mighty weapons. Not might, not power, but by my spirit. Mighty weapons of God through the spirit of the living God. What do you mean? God said my words are what? Spirit and my words are life. The God's mighty weapons, spirit and life, are the word of the living God. Don't forsake, don't take the word of God lightly. I beg you, when you begin to read and declare the word of God, whether it's Psalm 91 or any other scripture, please see through your spiritual eye, effect. Cutting down. What are you doing? You're releasing fire. The word of God is a hammer. It is fire. It is spirit. It is life. 
You're turning all that loose. And don't worry about how many other people are doing that. God commanded you. You do your part. And don't worry about anybody else. God didn't ask you to play uh, 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 sergeant or anything or control of anybody else. You do your part. Make sure that you are listening to God and obeying God for yourself. God has given me an assignment, and he has instructed me what to do. And I can't worry about, well, what is Bishop so-and-so doing? What's this guy over here? What's those big-name preachers on television doing? I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. I can't be watching their business and watching my business. No, I'm in my corner. I'm doing what I'm told to do. I'm obeying God and doing my part. I'm not going to concern myself with what they are doing and what the, what their part is. I pray for them, yes. But I'm not going to micromanage them and say, well, what's this guy doing and what's it? No, 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 no. I don't talk about them. Every so often I hear one and they say certain things. I might use it as an example, but that's not my business. My business is to stay in my corner and stay true to what I am instructed by the Lord to do. Stay on task. This is my instructions to you. Stay on task. Don't go sticking your nose where your nose don't belong. Get your mighty weapons out and begin to use your mighty weapons and leave other people's business alone. Come on. These mighty weapons can control the imaginations, the thoughts, the speech and the actions, the intentions, and the behaviors of men, whether they be presidents, kings, prime ministers, governors, rulers, billionaires, all kind of leaders of men. These mighty weapons can change hearts because a heart changer reacts to these weapons, these mighty words. The Bible says, as the uh, heart of a king is in the hands of the Lord, and he can turn that heart any which way he desires to, just like he turns the mighty rivers. So understand carefully that what God has given you is an awesome assignment, like he gave Jeremiah. I didn't put you down here to scrap with anybody. I didn't put you beside anybody. No, I positioned you above the nations of the earth, above the people of the earth. Your position is above them. Don't go, don't go trying to be like them. Don't go pally-wallying with them. Don't go hobnobbing with them and try to be their equal or try to make them your equal. No, that's not where I positioned you. I positioned you like I positioned Jeremiah above the nations of the earth and above the kingdoms of the world. What kingdoms? All the spiritual kingdoms. You are in charge of my kingdom, the kingdom of God, right here on earth. And the quicker you understand your assignment, the quicker you understand your equipment and the strategy and where God has positioned you to be, the better off you are. You cannot be a watchman on the wall where you're supposed to be on a high wall looking out surveying the territory, watching for enemies and all the things that might be coming ahead and then warning the people. But then you want to be down partying and 
and carrying on with everybody else down in the bottom. You can't. So don't, don't rub elbows with people on the bottom, people who don't even know what's going on. No, you've got to elevate yourself. You're an, you are the eagle. You are the watchman on the wall. I have positioned you there. And if you want to come down and then rub elbow and then forget what you're called to do, then because you're not looking, uh, the, the enemy might come in and everybody gets slaughtered. That's not your calling. God is talking. Not everybody is going to come and be a part of Bible Code 7. Some people, it will fly right over their head. Some people, they won't even, <laughs> they won't even budge. Say, oh, what's that? No, 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 it's not for everybody. And maybe you listen and you say, well, it might not be for you. Then God bless you. But if you know that God has called you higher, God has called you for something deep, and you know you feel the tug of God, then this is for you. These mighty weapons can change the hearts because the heart changer, again, he reacts to these weapons, which is his words. And again, God can turn the hearts of men, turn the hearts of kings, rulers, presidents, billionaires, just as he turns the mighty rivers. The question is, do you know your authority? Do you know your authority? Are you aware of your authority? Have you ever spoken to the Lord and said, God, what am I here for? What's my purpose here in life? What, have you, what do you want me to do for you? Have you ever talked to God and said, Lord Jesus, what is my purpose here? Why am I here on the earth? I've been through all that in my first book, by the way. What's your, what, what, what are you here for? What are you doing here? Is it just for you to grow up, get a job, get married, have children, raise your children, work hard, retire, then one day you look to die, and then, well, you have faith in Jesus, you go to heaven? No, 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 no. Your purpose is bigger than that. God had a plan and a purpose for Elijah. He had one for Elisha. He had one for every person on, he, on the face of the earth. What is your purpose? What's your authority? Do you know the authority that you carry as a child of God? Do you know the, how you're equipped? Do you know the equipment with which you were equipped? This is why I'm called to teach you, because this is what God has dealt with me on. And I want you to know who you are. I want you to know whose you are. I want you to know your authority, the authority that you carry. You, you see, you could be uh, a multimillionaire, and if you don't know it, you'll be eaten out of the trash can. You don't know what you are. You don't know who you are. You don't know you're a multimillionaire. You don't know how to access your millions. So if you don't know and you're hungry one day, you'll see somebody eat a half hamburger and throw it in the trash can, you go pick it up and eat it too, because guess what? You're hungry. Well, that's not how God designed you. That's not God. what God brought you here for. God says, I have positioned you above the nations of the earth and above the kingdoms of the world. God says to tell you you are the precious wheat 
You're not the weed, the tares that will be called and gathered up together and burned in, in the fire, unquenchable fire. No. God didn't just call you to save you. He has something for you to do. He has a plan and a purpose for you. That's why you're above. You're not just an ordinary Christian. No. There are many, many ordinary Christians. And I call them foolish virgins. They're virgins anyway. They're going to heaven, yes. But you see, God has some wise virgins. And he says, no, 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 you are caught above. Many are called, but few are chosen. You're the chosen of God. I just chosen you to be where you are and to be listening to me here tonight. So God wants you to know how you are equipped. Matthew 18 tells us of the equipment. So not only does God give us the word, mighty weapons to equip us, the word of the living God, and what the word can do, but he also gives us some further equipment. And all the equipment that God gives us is spiritual. Matthew 18. Let's go there. Matthew 18, 18. It says, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, whatsoever or whatever you bind, and to bind means whatever you forbid, whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, whatever you permit, whatever you declare lawful on earth, it shall have already been loosed in heaven. So if you permit it down here, it will be permitted in heaven. And if you forbid it down here, it will be forbidden in heaven. So when we look at the Bible and we see what's going to happen, we know what's going to happen. We see how the devil is going to do what he's going to do. But when it comes to the people of God, when it comes to God's children, we're off limits. Oh, hallelujah. I said, we're off limits. We're untouchable. You can touch that one, that one, that one, that one, over there, 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 there. But when it comes to my house, uh-uh. The blood is on this house. When you see the blood, uh-uh, you got to pass over, buddy. You will not come into my house, and you will not bring pestilence and diseases in my house. That is the word. So I know my equipment with which I've been equipped. I know my authority, and I know what I've been promised. And the Lord told me, what I bind here shall be bound there. I told someone today, I said, eh, they were telling me about their COVID experience. And I said, listen, they said, oh, how are you doing? Did you? And I said, no, I don't know if anybody that got COVID, any of our, our group, our church, family, my personal family, no, and we're not going to get it either. Why? Because our blood is contaminated with the blood of Jesus. You can't touch us. We're under the blood. I declare the word too much. When I see the blood, when, I, when the destroyer sees the blood upon your house, he will pass over your house. He will not allow any plagues or diseases to come in your house to destroy you. It cannot touch you. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Because God has already placed us on his list. We are on the list of God, the untouchable list. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. We're untouchable. So, 
Not only do we have the power to bind and loose, to permit or to disallow, uh-huh. We declare it lawful or unlawful on earth. And Jesus goes on, he says, again, I say to you, if two believers on earth agree, that is, we are of one mind and we come into harmony and agreement about anything that you shall ask of God within prayer, within the will of God, of course, it will be done. So we come in agreement on our lines and we pray. Not one of these will be touched by COVID. Not one of these will be touched by anyone who is sick. We pray for them. We pray believing. It will be done because we're in agreement. Somebody gets sick or we put a petition before the Lord. It will be done. Why? Agreement. This is the word. This is the sworn promise of God to us. Jesus said, it will be done unto them of my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, he says, I'm right there in the midst of you. And even though we're gathered uh, virtual, uh-huh, doesn't make a difference. Virtually, we connect all over the U.S. We connect to the islands, different nations of the world, and we're virtual. But it doesn't matter whether you're in Birmingham, England, in some island, Jamaica, Curacao, wherever, Continental, it doesn't matter. Jesus says, as long as two or three, three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be right there. I will show up. Because two brings agreement. And where two agrees and says anything concerning me, I will do it. The equipping of God, by God, is for our what? survival it is not only for your survival because when you talk about survival people are thinking about you're barely making it by the skin of your teeth you know you are surviving you look like skin and bones a walking skeleton but you're still alive and breathing no that's not the survival i'm talking about i'm talking about looking real good bride of christ good i'm talking about preservation untouched until Jesus returns. I'm talking about when you look at war and calamities, you laugh at it, you mock it. I'm talking about a preservation. I'm talking about a survival like Elijah. When the water dried up, God says, now you go by the brook of Cherith. The water of the brook, you drink that water. Plenty of liquids. And he says, when you're ready, every morning breakfast and every evening dinner, I'll have the ravens to come and bring you meat and feed you there. That's what God did. So if God has to employ ravens, if you know anything about a raven, a dirty bird, he will cleanse the food and bring it to you. He'll do what he has to do to keep you alive. Do you hear what I'm telling you? And when the food runs out, as it did with Elijah, the brook of Cherith, the water dried up, he says, no, you go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow woman down there to feed you. She got plenty of water. Uh, he didn't tell her she was short on food. But he was about to do a miracle and stretch the food out. That's my God. That's our God. She was about to die, eat her last meal, her and her son, and die. God said, no, I'm going to let you live. I'm going to bring my servant down there. And when he speaks my word, you see, my servant is equipped. So when he comes with his equipment, 
not by might nor power, but by my spirit. And he speaks the, his word over your little uh, 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 barrel of meal and your little cruise of oil because he's equipped and he speaks the word. The spirit of God will take over and I will multiply that meal and I'll multiply that oil every single day you go there. It will not run out. It might have run down, but it cannot, will not ever run out. Why? The equipping. You're equipped for survival. You're equipped for preservation. You will be untouched till Jesus returns. Don't listen to these bozos talking all kind of stuff. And you know, I got to tell you something. I heard and I read voraciously. I read in the papers. I saw we're in Presbyterian Hospital in Texas is saying, oh, my God, the nurses and the employees, they cannot come to work unless they get the COVID shot, the vaccine. And the governor of New York says, if you work in the healthcare industry, you've got to get your COVID shot or else you can't work there. And I'm going, I went, my God, you mean all these people don't lose their jobs? Christian nurses, Christian doctors, Christian uh, nurses, aides, and people that work in the hospital, I say, God, get on the case. I say, I shatter and I destroy. I break that cheekbone of the governor. I break the cheekbone of the hospital administrators and knock out their teeth. I shatter them. I destroy them in the mighty name of Jesus. I shatter that wicked imagination and I shatter and destroy those wicked thoughts and the intents of their hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. I Utterly, totally destroy them in Jesus' name. And I said, I said, God, well, if this is a, if this is an out for your people, because you see, God moves in a mysterious way. Sometimes God want to move people from where they are and move them to somewhere else. Let me give you an example. You're talking about COVID mandated COVID passports in New York. Yes, if you don't have a vaccine, you can't go and you can't do and they're drafting legislation to do certain things in New York. Well, guess what? In the state of Florida, our governor signed a law and that law is approved by the state legislature, our elected representatives, that there shall be no discrimination against anybody in the state of Florida for jobs doing anything where they require a COVID passport. You must be vaccinated to work here or you must be vaccinated to do this or that. It is the law of the state of Florida. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? So maybe God wants to move those people who are conscientious objectors. I'm a Christian. I don't feel led of the Lord to take that vaccine and I'm not taking it. Maybe God is trying to get them out of New York. Maybe God is trying to get them out of Houston, Texas. Maybe God is trying to get them out of where they are and say, move to another state, move to another city, move to another place. That's how God moves because he's about to bring some judgment upon those cities and those places. Mm-hmm. By the way, just so you know it, New York is emptying out. State of New York, I beg your pardon, the city of New York is emptying out. The Empire City is emptying out just like the state of Chicago, Illinois. They're emptying out. So a certain state in California losing population. So God moves in a strange way. 
But the key thing is I want you to know that as a child of God, you have been equipped. God has given you equipment. And the equipment with which you are equipped with is not by might nor power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And the Word of God is what? Spirit and life. Word of the Lord is fire and hammer. And the word, the equipment is for your survival and for your preservation, for you to remain untouchable till Jesus returns. Now the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah and of Lot, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And we're seeing that in Noah's days and Lot's days, today is mimicking the days of Noah and the days of Lot. What does all that mean? It means history repeats itself. It means just as the Bible said, what has been in the past is happening now. And what's happening now shall happen again in the future. What has been is now, and what is now shall be. That's Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. So we are seeing what's going on as it was in the days of Lot and of Noah. It's happening even right now. How was it in Lot's days, by the way? You know the story about Lot. That righteous man had vexed his soul while he was living in Sodom. Sodom. All of what he saw and what he heard with the sodomy and the homosexuality and the wickedness of that city, the Bible says it vexed that righteous man's soul. It grieved him. That's in the book of Hebrews. And it grieved him. He was vexed. And I take this opportunity and ask you the question, are you vexed? Are you grieved by the sodomy and the wickedness that we see going on? Are you grieved by seeing three-year-olds and four-year-olds being transgendered? Hmm? The idea is to bring them, change them so they don't reproduce, depopulate, reduce the population at any cost. Come on, the Bible teaches us that. That's what they want to do. The Bible teaches us that there's going to be a worldwide genocide. Matthew 24, 21. And except Jesus intervenes, the, uh, there no flesh would be saved. What does that mean? It means genocide. Oh, don't tell me the Bible don't tell you exactly what's going on. And the Bible is never wrong. It's inerrant. It's without error. It's never wrong. Anything God says is right, and it's going to happen. So that's how it was in Lot's days, rampant, aggressive homosexual uh, population. Very aggressive. And how was it in Noah's days? Let's take a look. <clears throat> in Noah's days, there was great violence in the earth. And there was also a thing that most people are still are not uh, conscious about. There was DNA corruption. Let me put it this way. There was a tremendous amount of GMO. If I say GMO, you, you respond to GMO uh, that rather than DNA corruption. What is GMO? Gene-modified organ, uh, organisms. Gene-modified tomatoes. Everything is becoming gene-modified. They don't like the apples, so you cut the apple and it turns brown after a while because of the iron in the apple. Oh, well, we don't like it when it looks brown. We want it to stay nice and white and pretty. So what do they do? They GMO it. They modify it. They go into DNA. 
and they take out the DNA. So you can cut an apple down and leave it out there two days, ten days. Makes no difference. You don't have no iron in there. So what's that? That's a useless apple. Oh, well, I'd rather that one because it doesn't turn brown. It doesn't turn dark, you know. Well, you're eating useless food. Not only is it GMO, but it's useless. Even salmon is coming GMO. God made salmon takes three years, and he only grows to about maybe two feet, 18 inches, two feet long. GMO salmon grows in 18 months. It will grow 36 inches long. You hear what I'm telling you? Why? GMO, they're designing things. They're corrupting the DNA. In Noah's days, there was hybrid, half man, half horse. I call it a centaur. It was a half goat and a half man. There were mermaids. You know what a mermaid is, a woman, the top, and the fish on the bottom? They were all mixed species, mixed people. When you have a human mixed with an animal, it's called a chimera or a chimera, chimera. That's how they mixed the species. They mingled the species. The Bible talks about the giants, the Nephilim. They came down and they mated with the, uh, or should I say, the, 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 the sons of God, the angels of God. They came down and they mated with the women uh, that were on the earth. They looked, looked at the beautiful woman. They said, these are fitting extensions for us to contaminate the DNA. Why? Because God had told the devil, the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. Seed of the woman. Woman don't have seed. Woman carries the egg. But God told Satan the seed of the woman. The woman will have a seed. And that seed is going to crush the head of the serpent. Going to crush your head, Satan. So Satan went all out. Told all his fallen angels, come down, mate, have sex with the woman down here. And what was produced was abominations, giants, the Nephilim, men of renown, one-eyed man like a cyclops, all matter of aberration of nature. Genesis 6 and verse 4 says there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, those same children became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every, listen to this, Genesis 5, Genesis 6, 5, every imagination, every imagination of the thoughts that emanated from the thoughts of his heart, his mind, was only evil continually. Nothing Good came out of the imagination of the thoughts. I want to point out two things right here. Thing number one is, Jesus told us about the heart, the thoughts, wickedness and evil, murders, deceits, lies, hypocrisy, everything evil comes out of the thoughts. Jesus told us we are to guard our hearts at all diligence. Out of it are the issues of life. So what we are looking at, we are looking at the thoughts and the imagination of hearts that were given over totally to Satan. 
The Bible says that every single imagination of the thoughts of the heart was evil continually. You hear that? The mind was solely given over to Satan. Everything that the mind produced was wicked. There was no good thinking, good thoughts in them. And that sounds like today. <laughs> have you been have you been hearing the dialogue in the culture today? Have you been hearing people talk? Have you been hearing the hate that's been spewing? And if you don't say what the culture is saying, you're you're a hateful person. If you're a Christian and you say no marriage is to be between one man and one woman, you're hateful. I was just watching a video today, a man in London was preaching the gospel and he came and he read from the Bible, marriage supposed to be between one man and one woman and somebody reported him to the police. They said it's hate speech because this person was homosexual. And guess what? The police came and arrested the man, senior man, maybe in his 70s, put his hand and behind his back, four of them, and cuffed him, took him down to the police station, and they let him go later. No charges. You hear what I'm saying? For preaching the gospel and seeing what the Bible says. Well, where is his equipment, Bishop? Well, he's equipped. They let him go. God is going to deal with the heart of those police that arrested him. God says, Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. He was prophesying the word of God. So you harm God's prophet. God will harm you. Those young, strong police officers, one woman and three men that did that, watch out. They're going to get their judgment. They're going to get their payback because you see what they sow, they're going to reap. Sooner or later, they're going to reap it. In the hospital bed, their own broken bones or whatever. But God knows how to even the score. Trust me, he does. So don't worry about it. All right? So God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of your heart was only evil continually. And the sixth verse, Genesis 6, 6, it says God was sorry that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart. Did he know that this was going to happen? Of course he did. But it shows the feelings of God that he was grieved. Why? Because of his love. God was like a jilted lover. When people turn away from him, he is jealous. He grieves him. And when he looked at the whole world, basically, the whole world turned away from him. God made a decision in the seventh verse. It says, I'll destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented, it grieves me that I have made them. God was deeply grieved. He says, I'm going to destroy them. Well, guess what? The Bible is telling us, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. God is at that point right now where it's grieved God that he has made man and see all the wickedness and the evil going on. And at the right time, God is going to strike out. But guess what? God has a people. He has a bride that is preparing herself, adorning herself to meet the bridegroom because the bridegroom is going to come and Take the bride away. 
when the bride has been refined, the bride is going to go through the tribulation. These are they that have come through great tribulation and have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made it white. That bride is going to go up to meet Jesus in the air because he's coming back for a people who are what? Alive and remaining in him. When he comes, they'll be caught up to meet him in the air along with the resurrected dead in Christ. So we've got to understand that God has equipped you that you can do anything. You are going to endure to the very end. You're going to push up. You're going to resist. You're not going to make it by the skin of your teeth either. Rubbish. You're going to make it big time. You're going to look fabulously well. Nice looking bride. Uh huh. You ain't going to look scrawny, half starved, or any of that thing. You ain't going to be sickly and haggard. Just can't wait till Jesus come. Uh, one foot in the earth and one foot in the grave. Oh, I'm waiting. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus coming by for a nice looking bride, healthy bride, a defiant bride, a warrior bride, word warrior bride. He's coming back for a fighting bride. Do you hear what I'm telling you tonight? But the 8th verse goes on to say, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. Huh. Wow, how did Noah find grace? That's a question. It talks about in the ninth verse, These are the generations of Noah. He was a just man and he walked perfect. He was a just man and perfect in his generations and he walked with God. Perfect in his generations meaning he was perfect in his genealogy. He was perfect in his DNA. He was not hybrid. He was not GMO. It is important we understand he was non-GMO. Nothing had contaminated his DNA. He was God made, perfect in his DNA. Nothing went into him, no vaccine went into him to what? Deconstruct his DNA. And that's what these vaccines are doing, changing your DNA, changing people. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. The earth was corrupt. What does that mean? The earth was contaminated, the DNA, the plants, the fishes. The animals, everything was mixed. Everything had become hybrid. There was no original. There was no. Uh, 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 there was no authentic people outside of Noah, his wife, and his three sons and their wives. Everybody was mixed up, mixed up. They were hybrid. They were GMO, gene modified, DNA modified. The earth was corrupt. The earth was corrupt. All flesh, in verse 12, says it was corrupt. All flesh had corrupted his way before the Lord. All flesh on the earth, all men, all mankind, everybody, everything outside of Noah and his family, they had contaminated DNA. Their genes were contaminated. Their genes were changed. They were mixed. Half man, half this, half fish, half person, half bird. Everything was mixed up. God saw the earth, and it was corrupt. 
the flesh had corrupted your way on the earth. God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and I will destroy them with the earth. God said, I'm going to destroy them. Corruption. DNA corrupted earth. Except eight living souls, which the Lord saved, Noah and his family. God had equipped Noah. He had preserved him. Him, his wife, three sons, three wives, eight people. Number of new beginnings. Eight souls were saved in the ark, eight human beings, and eight human beings repopulated the earth after the flood that destroyed the entire earth. The equipping of God. God always equips his people. God always equips his chosen ones. Don't you believe for one moment now that because you might be a Christian, you look at all these bluster of these guys and see what they're saying, and we're going to send this billions of dollars, and we're going to do that, and we're going to do over this, and we're going to do that. You must take the the, 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 the the shot. You must take this. You must do it. No, there's nothing that you must do. We must obey God and not man. That's what we must do. Don't listen to people with their bluster, their braggadocia. This is what I want to instruct you and tell you and put in your spirit tonight. Stop listening to people. Listen to the word of the living God. Listen to yourself. Declare the word of the living God. Let the word go out and emanate from your mouth. And when that word, fire, hammer, emanates from your mouth, it's a spirit going out to destroy and to bring down tyrants and put them in their place. You've got to understand that the handle of control and authority is on you. You're not a boy. Uh, you're not a girl. That's what he told Jeremiah. Stop saying I'm a child. I'm a boy. No. I put my words in your mouth. And through my words in your mouth, you're going to root up. You're going to throw down. Pull down. Throw down. And you're going to destroy. When the time comes, you're going to build and plant. My words in your mouth. That's your equipping. Your equipping is not might nor power. Your equipping, your equipping is with the Spirit of the Lord. Not by might nor by power, by my Spirit. You're equipped with the Spirit of God, the Word of God, Spirit and life. Now when you begin to declare the Word of the living God, God says, yes, this is what I want to hear from you. I've given you a battle strategy. And I'm giving you equipment. Now let's get back to strategy. When God told you, uh, Joshua, that wall of Jericho is going to come down. That was a massive wall over a Babylon. Jericho was Babylon. Uh-huh. How do you know that? Why do you say that? Well, when they went into Babylon, they were told to kill everybody and everything. Only take the gold, silver, bronze. Don't take anything else sheep, cattle, donkey, every living thing, people, everything, kill them. Suckling baby, old woman, old man, old man, kill them. Destroy them. God says, don't leave one of them alive. Only Rahab and her family. Save them alone. That's it. 
Well, the man named Achan, he took the gold and he took some silver and he took a Babylonish garment. A Babylonish garment was part of what he stole, his booty. Mm, and he hid it in his tent under the dirt. And what happened? God found him out. A Babylonish garment is an art garment that comes from Babylon with Babylon designs on it. Babylonian designs on it. And in Babylon, they worship false gods. They worship Satan. Do you understand that? When they worship Satan, it was an abomination to God. God says, kill them. Kill them all. I don't even want one sheep. Kill them. Suckling babies, nursing mothers, old men, old women, kill them. They are an abomination to me. They are contaminated. But when we are looking at how God destroyed the world in the days of Noah, we can understand God. God said the whole thing is contaminated. It's an abomination to him. He despises and he detests. Oh, God. The wickedness and the evil of Babylon. He was ballistic. God was, that is. He despised that wickedness. Well, guess what nowadays? We don't have no right to go kill people. And I do not advocate physical violence. But the Bible does not teach us physical violence. Y'all hear that? But guess what? When it comes to spiritual violence, I'm right there. Put my hand up. I'm number one, A1. I'm right there. How do we do it? Code seven. What's the strategy that God gave us? Same strategy he gave Joshua. Seven days, seven times. You go around seven times. You go again seven times. Don't stop. Mm -mm. You're going to bring that wall down, baby. That wall ain't too tough for me to bring down because I'm going again seven times. I've done it before. I've seen some walls come down. And every wall before me must come down. And you see, God got some people, presidents, prime ministers, rulers, billionaires, now we prophesy against them. Well, it looks like they're not coming down, God. They're, uh, well, you just keep prophesying. Because at the right time, God's going to bring the wall down. Sometimes, you know, you want to see some walls come down when God have other plans for these walls. God has some plans. Uh, but the will of God will be done. Your job, stay consistent. Your job, stay faithful. Your job, keep going around like I tell you. Go again seven times. You circle that city seven times. Compass it about seven times. You keep using that word. You keep using the equipment he gave you, the sword of the spirit. And your job is to do it, code it, go to bed. Well, you want to worry about stuff. Try to be God or Jesus Jr. Leave it alone. I know this is not for everybody because some of you know some Christians are so nice you couldn't hurt a fly. Even if it was Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies, Satan, you wouldn't even hurt him. You wouldn't say anything against him. You're so nice. That's all right. But I'm telling you, when you get to warfare, no holes barred. You release the word. Fire and fury. 
blast away with the word of God. Don't call no names. You blast away. You're wicked. I'm coming against the wicked, coming against the witches. I'm coming against the warlocks. I'm coming against the evil people. The Lord Jesus knows where the word is going to reach across the nations of the world. It don't have to take root over here in America. It could take root somewhere else halfway across the world. Don't you worry about it. That's none of your business. Use your equipment. You've been equipped. Stop running around like a chicken without a head, thinking that you're a little nothing and a nobody. No. You're a warrior. You're a disciple of Jesus. You're a disciplined soldier. You've been equipped. You've given, been given strategy, how to do it, a battle plan. And you've been given equipment, the sword of the Spirit, the weapon, mighty weapons to war with, the word of the living God. Now pick up that word, his word, in your mouth and begin to war. Because if you don't war a good warfare, then you will encounter shipwreck. Mm -hmm. That's what the Apostle Paul told Timothy. You must war a good warfare. Because if you don't, you'll encounter shipwreck. I beg you tonight, don't be shipwrecked. And the Lord told us, it is not by your might nor power, but by my spirit. You've been equipped with the spirit of God. You've been equipped with the word of God, spirit and life. You've been equipped with the sword of the Spirit. Why aren't you using it? Why are you wringing your hands in despair? Why are you still saying, oh, the devil is so strong? Why are you always saying Satan is going to do this and Satan is going to do that? No, no, no. Stop talking about what that fool is going to do. Start talking about what Jesus is going to do. He's going to crush the head of the serpent. And that's what the Word does, because the Jesus is the Word. And the Word is Him. He is the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. Seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. I crush the head of the serpent, Satan, in the mighty name of Jesus. And I crush the agents of hell. And I crush those who are telling God's people, you must have a COVID uh, uh, passport. I crush you. You will not destroy the bread out of the, mind of the, out of the mouth of God's people. And if you don't feel the conviction of taking any virus or anything, don't take it. I know many people will run and take it. Fools will rush in where wise men never tread. That's all right. Nobody can control you. Do what you got to do. But some people tell me, I just don't feel led to take it. Well, sons of God, led by the Spirit of God, don't take anything. I don't want my DNA changed. You know my picture. My last book, I take my stand. I'm on record. Nothing to change my DNA, so no virus jabs. Mm-mm. I'm on record, so I don't, I don't recant. Don't. No, no, I don't. Once I make my statement, that's it. So I just want to let you know that you are equipped. You have equipment to war with, and you have equipment to fight with and win with. Be victorious with. Be the winner with. Nothing shall by any means harm you. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. 
and you've been equipped with that spirit. That spirit in life, the word of the living God. So go forth. Declare the word of the Lord. Be bold, strong, be courageous. That's what Code 7 is all about. Now I want you to have a full understanding of Bible Code 7. I want you to get the books. Now I know a lot of people don't like to read, but you can get an audio download. Uh, uh, Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, uh, iBooks, eBooks, Kindle. Get the books. When you get the books and you read them, you study them, you'll get a full understanding of what the books are all about. And I'm here to explain to you too, University of, Bible, of uh, Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, and even the daily briefing, exactly what spiritual warfare is all about and what Code 7 is all about. So this is what I do. I know my assignment. I know what God is going to do because he told me, he instructed me. And he instructed me to instruct you. This is what my assignment is. So I'm not without plan or purpose. I know purpose. I've been called to purpose. What I'm telling you is what God revealed to me, what God has shown me. And anything he, re he reveals to me, I bring you Bible, I bring you word, and I tell you and show you from the word of the living God what the Lord has to say for you. This crucial times, time of endurance, the time of the tribulation. So go to BibleCode7.com, BibleCode7.org. Please share, get books, share with your Bible study group, share with your friends, your family. Don't buy no birthday gift of anything that people want to need, a shirt and all that stuff, a necktie. Don't buy those foolish stuff. Get them a book. Get them an audio download, something that helps to build them, something that will help them to go through the tribulation era because people are going to need, need it. You're going to be told that for you to keep your job, you're going to have to do certain things because right behind the first injection, they come and have more injections where they're going to get identifications inside your body. And not only identification markings inside of your body, they're going to do away with your credit card and your debit cards. Where is all that going to be? Inside of your body. How are they going to get it in there? Through injections, uh -huh. nanotechnology. It's all there already. Do you know what nanotechnology is? Most people don't, but I don't fault you for not knowing. But I teach you what it is. My last book teaches you Escaping the New World Order, One World Babylon. How to escape it through Bible Code 7. I teach you what nanotechnology is all about and how they intend to inject you with an identification and gene-altering stuff. Eh? They make you GMO, hybrid, and also at the right time, you won't need a credit card because they will inject that credit card and an identification mark in you. And every person will have a unique and a different identification mark and a card number in them. So you won't need a card. You won't need a debit card. You just swipe your hand or they put the phone over your, your hand and everything will come up about you. You won't need a passport to go on an aircraft. Everything will be there. That's what they want. And then they have the nerve to tell you that if you don't have that mark, you will not be included in the system. You can't buy. You can't sell. You cannot go to the mall. You can't fly. You can't travel. You can't do this and you can't do that. What are you going to do? Are you prepared? 
What about your job? You can't work until you have the mark. What are you going to do? You better start thinking now. You should better start praying now. You better start using your equipment now because it's coming. And I don't want you doing anything until you fast and pray. And if push comes to shove, you tell him, no, God will make a way, a way for me. He will lead me in green pastures and beside still waters. He is still my shepherd, and there shall be no lack. Amen. So get ready. We're in the tribulation, the great tribulation hour. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. But now, until Jesus returns, have yourself a fabulous, fabulous night.